Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Hey everybody, Chad Madden here, and welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Today we have a very special guest, Jimmy McKay. Jimmy is a physical therapist, doctor of physical therapy, and is the director of communications at Mount Sinai Hospital, and a lot of other description. After that, uh, Jimmy has his own <laughs> Jimmy has his own podcast, the PT Pinecast, which you've likely heard nine hundred plus episodes and counting. Uh, welcome to the podcast, here, Jimmy. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Oh my God, you guys are too kind. Thank you. Oh, really, tone it down. I want to get right to the show. Awesome, man. So how'd you get into physical therapy? How'd you get into your current role? If you could tell your origin story, that yeah, my, an awesome place my superhero, my superhero backstory is like like many uh, physical therapists. Chad, is I uh, did the morning announcements in sixth grade and ran home to my mom and said, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And um, when she, you know, finally told me the morning announcements is not a job, but there are some things like that. Um, that sort of set me on the course. So, um, I got like all the hair on my arm stood up and I was in sixth grade. So there's probably four hairs on my arm in sixth grade. And I loved sort of doing a show. I liked it even more. The fact that nobody could see me and I could sort of be animated and do whatever. And everybody was listening. It was kind of cool. You know, three grades worth of students. Um, did not do the morning announcements as a career, obviously, because as my mom mentioned, it was not an actual job, but went and got uh, a degree in, in journalism and mass communications, ran college radio stations, worked at radio stations in New York and Pennsylvania, did an internship for the Howard Stern show or 92.3 K-Rock, which was a pretty big state. It was the last station Howard was on before he went to to satellite. And that's all I wanted to do. Like I, that, I worked from sixth grade. I, I don't know what this is, but it's fun. And I'm going to go do it. It's going to be my job. And then I got my dream job. Like how many of us are lucky enough to say, hopefully more and more, that they got their dream job. And I was running a radio station in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And uh, I was coming into work at the crack of noon with cargo shorts and a Guns N' Roses t-shirt on. Can't figure out why I wasn't married, right? Playing rock music real loud, giving away beer and concert tickets and going to rock shows. And I was, I was, all my, you know, I was like, I'm going to hit cruise control because this is where I want to, it's where I want to go. And, and it was, it was funny enough. I was doing that for seven or eight years at that station. And, uh, it was close to 2007 and not great for a podcast, but I'm holding up a cell phone to the camera so Chad can see this thing popped out the iPhone. And I remember I'm driving home from work in 2000 i think it was 2007 or whenever when i when i was finally able to afford an iphone and i was listening to a radio station from la on my phone in my car and i remember thinking like geography doesn't matter so hang on a second wait wait, wait. so geography doesn't matter i can check a website from wherever but now i can listen to stuff from wherever and i was smart enough to know the signal was crappy then but it's gonna it's just gonna get better it's gonna get better and i went back into work the next day and i was like chicken little I was like, I was a program director, which is like a clinic manager. I managed a station, but we had a cluster. We had other radio stations in the building. And then we were a network of hundreds and hundreds of radio stations across the country. And I was like one of the younger guys. I remember saying like, what, what is our plan for this? I can't be the only person who like saw this iPhone and like, whoa, what are we going to do? And I got patted on the head and like kind of told like, when, you know, when TV came along, radio was fine. This internet thing, not a big deal. We're going to be fine. And I didn't, the, the, I had a feeling in the pit of my stomach and I'm like, I don't think you're, I don't think you get this. 
Um, so I didn't panic. I didn't jump out the window, which was good because it was on the third floor. Uh, but I started like my exit. And I had already actually been thinking like, like being a radio DJ is cool when you're 25. It's all right when you're 30. And when you're 35 and 40, I'm like, I don't know if I want to be doing this. Like maybe I'll run a bunch of stations or whatever. So I was already like, I was, I don't want to brag or anything, Chad, but I have one third of an MBA, which doesn't get you anything except for uh, a lighter in the wallet a little bit. And I went to like take the LSAT and that didn't work. So I was already sort of like looking probing. And it was when I was uh, training for an Ironman triathlon that I met up with a guy who was like in charge of the bike group. And I just loved his vibe and how he talked to people, never really touched them. But when they left his conversation, they always sort of walked away, like with their shoulders back and they always looked like they just, something happened. And I was like, dude, what is your deal? And he's like, I'm a PT. So hung up the headphones, went back to PT school. And that should have been all it, all she wrote, um, except and we've all been there, right? You've been to a conference full of a thousand people, especially like, you know, you go to a state conference or, you know, remember the next conference or whatever. This was like a, a conference in, in North Carolina and I was still a student. And I remember sitting in a room full of a thousand people and we've all been in these like presentations, right? Someone's saying something and they're going through like 57 slides. And I wanted to understand what the guy on stage was saying, but he was killing me he was using words that were way too big and i was like maybe i don't get it because i'm a student or whatever fast forward two hours later and we're at the networking hour which is code for happy hour and i'm like i spot the speaker across the way there and i'm like do i drop 200 bucks to be here i am gonna learn something by the time i get out of here so i marched up introduced myself and 15 minutes later i understood his entire 60 minute presentation i flipped back into radio dj mode by accident you know everybody's like what the hell? Like my, my, my classmates were like, what did you just do there? Like he just started like interviewing that guy. I was like, I knew he wasn't, I, I needed to pull it out of him. I knew he had it, but I was like, you got to speed this up here. I'm two beers deep. And uh, on the way back to uh, to PT school after that weekend, and it, this was 2015, you still had to explain to people what this is that we're doing right now. It's a podcast. It's a radio show. So it was around, but you had to like walk people to what a podcast was. So I launched it as a student and, uh, we got 10,000 downloads the first month. And my professor was like, I don't know what this is, but you're on to something. If you can, you know, if you can ask questions or just be engaging enough to get smart people to share quickly, right? Brevity is the soul of wit. Some famous guy with a beard said, um, and if you can do that regularly, you know, you, you got something, I don't know what you do, what you're doing here, but it's cool. Uh, so I kept that up. So I've recorded, I've, I've released at least an episode a week, if not more since 2015 and it's 2023. And that's a lot of episodes and a lot of beers. Good for you, man. Lo- love that story. Uh, where, are you originally from Scranton? I am not. I'm from about an hour away in upstate New York. Okay. I, I went to Misericordia. Yeah. Yeah. Misericordia. So uh, super close. And uh, first college baseball game was at the U. Really? So uh, very familiar with the, the area. Yeah. I think they had the yeah, Shirley Field. There was a lived- warehouse right there. Yes, there was. I lived like up up the you know Wyoming Valley Highway in Wilkesbury for like three or four years, and then I lived in Scranton. I wanted to split my time in 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 the Northeast Pennsylvania between the two in Nepal. major cities in Nepa. <laughs> I love Nepa. That's great. Yeah, I was uh I was in Kingston, right behind uh Goldstein's Deli. There was okay. a deli uh, right. That was like the only deli. Yes, that was a legit deli. Like yep. I remember coming for, as a New York kid moving to Pennsylvania, people were lo- like. 
there's the deli. It's gold. See, I'm like, oh, they must be on every corner. And like, this is the only one for like 55 miles in any direction and being yeah. confused. And of course it was the, it was a New York deli in, in an area where there were no delis. Absolutely. Right. Small world, man. That's yeah. great. Uh, where, where'd you go to PT school? I went to PT school at Marymount University in Arlington. So just outside of DC. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so you got into podcasting. How does that balance with what you're doing with Mount Sinai? Every job that I've had since PT school <clears throat> has been because of the podcast and it was not on purpose, but it was just when you, and you've got to know this as a podcaster, right? You invite someone on your show. It's a give. Like Chad's like, Hey, do you want to come on my show that I've built and spend time building and share your expertise? I'm going to expose you to an audience. And essentially what you're saying without saying is like, Hey, I value your insight and I'd love to learn more about you. you. Seem interesting. Can you come share? So every job that I've had, clinical or non-clinical, has been because of people I've bumped into. My just for a visual, my Venn diagram of life just gets bigger for every person I talk to. That was not why I started it. It can be why you start a podcast. I didn't. I started a podcast because I was like, I need to learn some stuff, and I'm comfortable with this thing in my hand. Like, so let's have at it. So my role at Mount Sinai is the director of science communication. And I use air quotes there on a podcast because I invented the term. Um, or I shouldn't say I invented the term, but like they were like, you're going to be the communications guy. So essentially I met a guy named David Petrino, who's an Australian, who has a, he's a PT, he's a physio, which sounds way cooler. I think we should start to change that in, in the States, right? Physio sounds way cooler. For it all. He does research, mostly neurologic PT research in a, in a lab at Mount Sinai. So I knew him because I, I found him online. I was like, this guy's cool. Let's, let's have him be a guest. And I was like, David, when you're done with this million dollar grant that you got to study whatever it is, some cool thing, how do you tell people about it? And now this isn't just David's thing. It's like, well, we do research. And then what do you do? You publish, you publish in a journal and you try to get in the highest profile journal, whatever. And then you lather, rinse, repeat. And I was like... I see a giant gap there, and I'm sure a lot of people do, is number one, they don't have access to a journal. So like that bars, I don't know, 90 plus percent of the, the people just for, in terms of a paywall. And it also excludes the public because a journal talks way over the head of most people. Even if you are clinically oriented, we just write way too dense. Like the presenter at that conference, who I understood everything after a couple of beers with them. Alcohol is in fact a solution. Chemistry taught us that. Um, so my goal there is to, um, I speak two languages fluently, right? I'm a PT and I'm a communications guy. So I get to sit in a clinical meeting and I'm like, I understand what you're saying, but maybe some of it's over my head. And I just keep asking the same questions until I understand it. And I can turn to a lay audience and go, here's why this is important to you. So I can talk to clinicians. I can talk to the the public at mass at scale. And my goal is a give. Everybody wins. So that's what I get to do is I make good work well-known. Awesome. The, who's your main listener? Out From of curiosity. Personal podcast? Yes. Oh, it's definitely, it's PTs and PT students. We've done a right. bunch of like demographic psychographic surveys and we find, I think the average age is like 28 or, or 29, um, you know, 70, 70, 30 or 60, 40 female, male, stuff like that. So, so yeah, it's mostly, it's mostly people in the profession, right? I say if, if PT had a happy hour, if we were, if all PTs lived in the same town, right? If that somehow happened. I'd want to be the guy hosting like trivia night at, at cheers or whatever. We'd all talk around the water cooler. It's the water cooler. Nice. I went through, uh, your last few podcast episodes, by the way, I, I did want to do an aside here. 
Jimmy, you have helped me understand how to use my very own microphone better than any <laughs> YouTube video or studio expert that I've ever done. I'm 200 plus episodes in and <laughs> you taught me how to do that. So that was amazing. Uh, thank you for that. No problem. And for all the other listeners for your future listening, enjoyment, you can uh, thank Jimmy. The, so you have, uh, on your podcast, you have a pretty eclectic group of interest. The, the main thing um, that you and I talked about beforehand is this idea that as physical therapists, and we tell something called the PT story. So um, at some point in my life, I want to help people, yep. very similar to what you just shared, you know, it, and wow, you know, this guy is amazing. What do you do? I'm a physical therapist. Okay. I want to do that too. I want to help people. We go to PT school, we come out, we think we're going to be significantly more valuable in the marketplace than what we really are. And then the the next thing that we commonly hear is, well, I wish more people knew what we could do in physical therapy, right? right? Utilization rates are super low for back pain at seven to 11% based on the study. So how do we get our message out there? What's your take on that? And how do we become more valuable in the marketplace? So I'm biased because I learned this lesson. I don't, I don't know why I paid for four years of uh, journalism and communications degree. I only needed the first day. Uh, I went to a Catholic school in upstate New York and Brother Basil stood in front of all the journalism 101 students and said, how many questions are there? He's, he, he's, you got to envision this guy. He's in a brown robe with a rope around his waist and he's just like sort of like taller than life as he stands there. And I don't know, like clergy are just always so well-spoken, right? Which is part of a lesson. And, you know, students are trying to answer this guy as, as smart as we can sound. I smell traps, so I keep my mouth shut. But people are like, there's an infinite number of questions or it's, you know, limited by or they're trying to answer and try to sound smarter than the room. And he goes, there's six questions you can ask. It's who, what, where, when, why, and how. And they all said, oh, okay, we'll just answer that, right? So to me, the answer is always questions. So why is it people can't understand physical therapy? They don't understand what we do or why we're, why are we not as valuable? What do we do? And you notice these things are all questions. They all begin with what, why, how. I think we can start from any of those questions. We talk a lot about how educated we are. We talk a lot about how we do what we do. We talk a lot about um, ourselves. We lead with that a lot. And I think those are all mistakes. They're common mistakes, so I can spot them from a mile away. I think you need to start with who. Who are you talking to? So I've got this whole paradigm. Every time anybody sits down with me, I work with the APTA Orthopedic Academy. I work with clinics. I work with you know Mount Sinai. And anytime we sit down, myself and the team, to create something, some sort of message, large or small, an email, a social media campaign, a video or a podcast episode, who are we talking to? Because Jimmy McKay, I have a grandmother who's 97, by the way. She's a beast. I just talked to her yesterday. She still does Tai Chi. I speak differently to my grandmother about different things in a different way at different times of day, right? In different mediums. Grandma loves to talk on the phone. She does text, but doesn't love it. I speak differently to my grandmother than I do to my best friend. I might even use bad language with my, my best friend because we're bros and that's how we talk. So I think the problem is a lot of times we try to transmit our value and we start with us as the audience. Now imagine if in real life, like imagine Twitter's a real thing and you walk down the street and you just start saying random crap that comes to your mind. People would lock you up, right? But that is how the social media stream works is you've got to get out there and say things. 
And I say this because in part of the presentation I give to researchers or anybody is I say the um, uh, the relationship analogy versus uh, relationship theoretical, how relationships work, and then relationship actual. Well, I'm not married, so I haven't figured this out. But according to relationship theory, I meet a girl, I ask her to go to coffee, and then we get married. That's how it works, right? I meet a girl, coffee, married. And of course, Chad's already smiling. Everybody out there is going, this kid's an idiot. When in reality, of course, it's coffee and maybe dinner, a movie, a weekend. We do a bunch of those for a while. We bounce around. Eventually, I meet the parents. We get see, I don't know. I've never done that. And then eventually, there's a ring in the ceremony. I haven't gotten that far. And of course, everybody's like, yeah, of course, that's how it works, right? That's simple. But we look differently at communication theory and re- communication actual different. You, you say something, one thing. Someone sees it, understands everything about you, and then buys your product, shows up at your clinic, follows the subscribes. Everybody's like, yeah, that's how... No, no, no. These things are exactly the same. You are building a relationship. Now, imagine if I tried to build a relationship with a young lady by walking into the coffee shop and telling her, hi, I'm Jimmy. I have a doctoral degree in physical therapy, and uh, I've got so many years of this kind of clinical, and you know what? I could help someone get out of back pain and five visits for left. I am not getting the dinner. But that's what I see a lot of is this chest puffing because I don't think it's because PTs are egocentric or cynical. I think it's because they don't know what to do. I used to say PTs were bad at communication. I don't think they're bad. I think they're great in the right setting. And I think communicating, you need to just think of those those six questions that I mentioned in a different order. I do think you come in, but I think you need to be the guide. This is this isn't your story. You need to make it someone else's story. I mean, if Chad were to tell what's your what's your three best clinical successes from the last three months, you wouldn't tell me about Chad. You tell me about Mary and John and and Jamie. You tell me about other people, right? So I like the order of questions to go. I actually ask seven questions. Well, you can't ask seven questions, Jimmy. You just told me there are only six questions. I ask the same question twice. Uh, twice. I ask what twice. So I've got a whole branded slide. I'll give it to you if you want. Of, of this because I'm a very visual person. But it starts with who, as I mentioned. Because when the person changes, when it goes from grandma to my best friend Brian, everything after that is going to change in communication. Even if I'm telling them both about the kitchen renovation that I'm doing, everything changes based on the audience, right? So that's why organizations like you, Chad, I've, I've, been, I've, I've been getting your emails for years. We talk about avatars. Why is that so important? This feels like a waste of time. You know, it's geeky. I'm giving my avatar a name and what, and I'm telling you, it does feel stupid and geeky, but it's not. It's terribly important. So who needs to be question number one? Question number two is what? And I want you to ask that question twice, okay? So this is where you got a picture of Venn diagram with two circles and they cross in the middle. By the way, for anybody out there who's going to buy me a Christmas present, Venn diagrams are my favorite diagram. And a listener actually bought me a book of Venn diagrams once. So... I want you to think about, I call them bads and goods. I want you to think about what are grandma, because now we're talking about grandma, what are grandma's bads and goods? And bads are worries, barriers, things she wants to overcome, things that keep her up at night. And goods, what what does she want to get to? What does she want to become? What does she want to see happen, right? That is what the first time. And then I ask myself, what? And I look at what values and strengths do I bring to the table, right? It's, this is a really good self-assessment. 
this question of yourself stays the same a lot, right? Unless you learn a new skill, unless you change your, your focus, this, this self-assessment, and it can be super long. Now, when you have both lists, this is why the Venn diagram is so great. I'd love it, right? Wherever those two things cross, whenever there is something on your side that you're good at, or you have a value that you can offer, and there's something either that they are worried about or want to become, whenever those two things show up, that's your why. That's your shared passion. That's your shared why. So once you identify those things, I want you to own, whenever you're trying to communicate with that audience, I want you to only talk about those things. And people are like, me, but I have so much to talk about. And I say, yes, but the more you talk that isn't about those things, the audience, your intended avatar, doesn't really understand how you're going to help them. When you talk to me about me, I'm going to listen to you all day long. I'm going to sit here and let, oh, tell me more about me. Tell me more about my fears. Tells me you understand me. Tell me about how you've helped someone else overcome those fears. So I give people an example, and it might be a dated example. Now, chat. Do you know the movie Rudy? Absolutely. Have to. And it breaks my heart when I do this with younger people. And this way I know I'm getting older. I'm like, do you know Rudy? And they're like, nah. And I'm like, okay, you're dead to me. <laughs> so the movie Rudy is about a kid from the middle of nowhere. And his family has idolized Notre Dame football back when it was like the four horsemen and Newt Rockney was like the beginnings of what Notre Dame was. And he was five foot nothing and a hundred and nothing pounds, but he was going to be a Notre Dame football player. And he went... And I'm not going to spoil it, but if you haven't seen Rudy by now, I'm going to spoil it. He goes and he, be, he fights his way, he overcomes some challenges, educational, financial, size challenge. And he not only gets to Notre Dame, but he becomes a Notre Dame football player. And in, the fi- in his final game ever, he gets to dress and he gets a sack. Like, that's insane. It's the ultimate trial. I said spoiler alert, so you can't get mad. Chad, you know the movie I'm referring, right? Absolutely. Yep. What, what did Rudy major in at Notre Dame. No idea. It wasn't part of the story. It was a story about a kid who went to college, but they didn't mention it because movies know one thing. Every time you throw a detail in there, it's something that distracts my attention. I need you to talk about the plot. Get from beginning to end. There can be some highlights and lowlights, but they didn't talk about the name of his dorm. Why? Didn't, it wasn't, it was nice to know. It wasn't need to know. Get rid of nice. I need need. So that's what I need people thinking about. I want you to talk to your audience about these things where they're what and you're what cross. That is what you communicate. That's what your newsletters are about. That's what your blog is about. That's what your podcast episodes are about. It's what your social content is about. Now, hold on a second. Can you have different audiences and talk about different things? Yes. Your audience will self-select, right? Got back pain? People without back pain who follow you are not going to pay attention to that. That's okay. But don't say got back pain and then go into a tangent about something else, right? It dilutes the audience. You start talking about what Rudy majored in at Notre Dame. It doesn't, it's not, it's nice to know. It's not need to know. All right. So if you're keeping score at home, we've gotten who, what, what, and why. So that's four questions, which means we've got three to go. How, where, and when. What I see is people skip to how, especially in physical therapy real quick. I need to grow my practice. We're going to launch a podcast. That's how you will reach your audience. People will come to me. I have talked more people out of starting a podcast in physical therapy than I have talked in. I actually don't think I've talked people in or out, but I've laid it out there. They skip to the how. 
And that's a mistake. Like, Jimmy wants you to help us launch a podcast. Great. Who are you talking to? I don't know. That is a terrible idea. Walk, so I walk them through the who, the what, the what, and the why. And sometimes we get to the how and they go, I don't think this is going to be a very good podcast. And I'm like, I don't think it's very going to be a very good podcast either. I think this would be a great series on social media. I think this would be a great series of blog posts. Let's save your time and put it there because your audience is going, it's going to resonate with your audience. So how and where and when. I said, when I talk to my grandmother or talk to my best friend, my best friend and I text a lot, send a lot of gifts. We'll talk every once in a while, but it's mainly that and we see each other in person. Grandma lives in Oklahoma. A lot of phone calls, loves those, texts every once in a while, where and when, right? In, in messaging, I don't call grandma at two o'clock in the morning, but maybe after a late night, I want to call my buddy at two o'clock in the morning. The 2 a.m. is okay for my buddy, but not my grandmother. I might be talking about the same thing, kitchen renovation or whatever, but I'm I'm understanding. I go back to the audience. Is it okay to call your buddy at 2 a.m.? Hell yeah, man. He's a 40-year-old dude. It's fine. Grandma? Mm -mm. Right? So- so I think it's the order of the questions that matter. And I think we skip around sometimes and it might seem tedious, like inventing an avatar. But when you can do those things, I think the how, where, and when, the fun, creative stuff, the, uh, you know, let's, you know, let's get, let's do the fun, you know, zany stuff. When you know you're on target with who, what, what, and why, and you've decided your how, where, and when, that's when things get easier to create and they get very clear on the other end. And we're PT. So this is my final, my final close on this whole paradigm of the seven W's that I preach is the goal of communication is not attention. It's not, it's not time. The goal of communication is to achieve understanding. It's not to convince you to buy something or not buy something, to do something or not to do something. That is going to be an internal decision, right? I don't try to convince people at all. One of the great quotes from uh, one of the Peloton instructors, this guy, Dennis Morton, he, I love it. He says, I, I, I make suggestions, you make decisions. He's not yelling at you to get on the bike every morning. He's like, I'm telling you tomorrow morning, I'm doing a six o'clock ride. And if you want to increase your health, be here at six. I make suggestions, you make decisions. So I think that's the final piece of the puzzle is you have to understand your goal as a PT. What's your goal of this communication, this podcast episode, this blog, anything? It should be to achieve understanding. I just want to make sure you understand what I know. I don't need you to agree. I mean, I'd love for you to agree with it, but that's not my goal. That's two steps down the line. That's, that's I make suggestions, you make decisions. I want to aim for clarity and understanding. And I think when we aim for that as the goal, not to convert or to get a sale, when you actually aim for understanding, it gets easier to create information and it gets more clear. And that actually leads to more conversions. Nailed it. Uh, you, Jimmy, I talk a lot? I just, I just talked for like 20 minutes. You are an amazing talker. This is great. Amazing communicator. Super odd. Once a month, we host uh, a Q&A yeah. through the podcast. And literally, we covered almost the same exact paradigm, really? but it, with different words today. Really? So I'm wondering, can we take through an actual instance here? And I'll yeah. I'll play along. I'll be the volunteer. Um, so I have a private practice. I do a lot of idea extraction. So through, for example, uh, this is probably back in 2014, 2015, we surveyed 3,100 back pain sufferers from all over the world, okay. five continents, asked them a series of questions, and uh, it, it did very similar live 
I'm sitting with a, we'll use a hypothetical avatar ideal patient. Uh, let's call her Diane. So I'm sitting down with Diane. Hey, by the way, you know, tell me a little bit about what's going on. She has back pain. And I said, you know, why is this important to you? And by the way, we use this data, whether it's the 3100 or these ID extraction to create our advertising content to attract more patients. As you should. Right. Absolutely. So in, in her case, when we asked, why is that important to you? Why is that important to you? Why is that important to you? Deep enough. What she, so she came in with back pain. It was really like a sci, uh, sciatica issue plus some ridiculous symptoms, a piriformis problem. She had groin pain, a little SI joint issue going on, like the whole anterior anominate type problem, just to paint a better picture. Why, and that's how we think. That's how you and I think about it as PTs, right? right? right. It's like, oh, this is anterior anominate. We know what it is, and, but we can't run ads about anterior anominant dysfunctions or anything Good. like that. Well, first of all, thank you for recognizing that because some people will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, lots of trial and error. <laughs> right. I'm not saying I, I never did. So we said, why is that important to you? He said, well, I, I can't really get around. I'm, I think she was 55 at the time. I can't get around like I want to. And I said, well, you know, why is that important to you? And she said, well, every Monday my grandson comes over, he's three years old. And she started to get emotional. I was like, oh, we're now we got We're some. We're going to nail it. Yep. And she said, um, he wants me to sit on the floor in my living room and I play matchbox cars with him. But for the last two weeks, I haven't been able to do that. And the other day he looked at me and he said, when am I going to get, when am I going to get Mimi back? Ugh. And she like, just like, I mean, and, yeah. and I was like, that is what she wants. And here I'm thinking it's, you have an SI joint dysfunction and let's, you know, and we can handle that and, you know, and we're the premier provider and look at all these certifications I have and all this other stuff. And it was like, she just wants to be able to sit on the floor and play matchbox cars with her grandkid. Yeah. So if we're going through your model, right? Like, let's talk about it. So who in this case? Diane, right? So I usually, with, with who's, I usually tell people to drill down three times, right? I put, a, I put an owl on the screen and I said, the owl says who, who, who? Because when people come in, they go, uh, I want everybody in Scranton. And I'm like, okay, well, you're not Amazon or Walmart, so you can't have everybody in Scranton. Yeah. You can segment them, though, in a good way, because I want you to talk about Diane or grandma, right? So I usually say, like, you know, people with back pain who are 40 to 55, who are, uh, who, who want to get, you know, want to get back to doing what they want to do. So I usually say, I usually drill down three times. That's something I left out. Great. Love it. That's why I wanted to go through the exercise with you because I'm there's a few nuggets in here. Right. So if we're talking about the what, I think we have that the bads and goods, right? And and you already hit on those. Those are emotions, right? So so Rudy wanted to go from underdog to a Notre Dame Fighting Irish member, right? So where he is and where he wants to go. Every movie, every movie is a transformation story. So every patient that walks through your door, they're the lead. They're the Luke in in their their own story. I think, you know, and this is like Donald Miller uh, ask, he uses a lot of like story brand in his stuff. He's like, don't be Luke, you are Yoda, right? So that's why I need to understand you before I can treat you. That was a problem in my clinical experiences in PT school because they were like, the subjective should take you 120 seconds. They, like, why are you still talking to these people? I had a CI be like, you talk way too much. And I'm like, I don't understand who the hell this person is yet. I don't know. I don't know what to do yet. So that's why I just call them bads and goods. It's it's now and later. 
call them whatever you want, but they're both yeah. emotions. Because if you can touch either of those, what where I am, it shows you understand me, and where I want to go shows you understand me. Yeah, let's get agreement on the gap. Where you at? And where? Yeah, perfect. Um, what values and strengths do I bring to the table? How do you work through that in a situation in a situation like we have here with Diane? Yeah. So there's another book I refer back to. I just mentioned Donald Miller, and I think the book's like 15 bucks. It's Building the Story Brand, and he has marketing made simple. Smart guy. Do you need the books? Donald Miller will tell you, you don't need the books. Go listen to his YouTube or podcast. Right. The other book I refer to is Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference. So Chris, winner. Yeah. So so what would you do to transmit <laughs> to show that you understand? is this is why I got in trouble as a PT student. I, I wait until they're out of there. Like my goal as a podcast host is if you look at like the waveform of my episode, Jimmy talks a lot. I mean, I'm the guest now. I talk a lot in the first five minutes. And then you're like, you don't really say a lot. Then I redirect. I need, it's like a bobsled team. I'm the guy in the back. I'm pushing. I need them to drive. Though. So I'll do a lot of work in the first five, 10 minutes of a podcast episode or, or clinical experience exchange because i need i want you to know like hey like tell me about you right I, I call it i use the analogy i bring out an onion on stage just a regular onion i don't know yellow onion whatever and i'm like hey you can get to the center of the onion two ways you can peel it carefully or you can cut it but if you cut it you're gonna cry not the way to do it right yeah you got to earn it and really you're just peeling slowly if you peel an onion slowly you never get any tears right and there's another funny thing about an onion there's nothing in the middle the point of peeling an onion is the process of peeling apart the onion. And that really is what you're talking about. So so to get back to your question, because I like long-windedness, because I like onions, um, how would you transmit that in a good way is what I think you're asking. Let me make sure. Like, how do you show Diane in that situation that you understand her that, or what your values are? Like, how do you transmit your what? I would just, I would wait till she runs out of air. I would use some of... Uh, Chris Voss's techniques, which is which are tactical empathy, active listening, and labeling. Even if you take nothing away from Chris's books, those three things you could Google and learn a ton. By the way, I just want to stop here for every listener. Drop what you're doing. Donald Miller, I can't speak for. Chris Voss has a masterclass. It is the Look. best masterclass I've ever had. How is the, the basic book, which is um, uh, Never Split the Difference, and has a ton of YouTube sessions available for free. How does he do that though, Jed? He, why does he, is, he do, why does he do that? Why does he essentially give away his book in bits and pieces? It's a Black Swan Consulting Group, and they're a huge waiting list. And yeah, but unreal. everything he shares is in the context of I understand because his book's about negotiation, and I bought the book when I was trying to get a new job. Never did I think I was stepping on something. And I've, I rarely read books more than once. I've read his book three times and there's post-it notes and marks. There's not a lot of books like that. I think so I have I, it with a, an arm's reach if I think about it. It's a great it, book. It is amazing. And so, so using those three techniques, which he, of course, does a chapter on each technique and he starts every chapter with a story in which that technique is, is employed. Of course, his stories are like bank robberies and hostage. So, of course, his stories are going to be very well told. Yeah. But look at that. Like you're telling a story. So what would you do? I'd say, Diane, I, I, first of all, thank you for, for, for helping me understand that. That's a big deal. I understand how powerful that is and how important this is. And then I might wait for her to say something. Cause again, this is her story. Do you think I can get back? Am I just too old? Am I, Diane, I don't think you are. I've, I've seen people similar to you 
right? I've, I've worked with individuals similar to you and they've had the similar goals and we've gotten them back to being meaning. Perfect. At no point did I have to say I have a doctoral degree. Yep. She might ask, I have a buddy who opened a clinic in my hometown and he's got his degrees right at the, next to the front door, but he never makes you call him Dr. John. He never tells you how many certificates, and this dude goes to a lot of classes, doesn't say he's got his college degree and his New York state license next to the front door, yep. but you go because you trust John. Love it. Shared why yeah, we did that. Um, only focus on that. That So this I love. When our, we have a internal process that every visit when somebody comes in, if not every visit every week, we specifically talk about the function, measure the function of what your, the main primary function, the deficit that you have going on. Okay. And we'll take objective measures just so the patient justifies the value of coming to physical therapy their graduation rate goes up, they achieve their goals better. What does that give us a better patient list to reactivate from and word of mouth referrals in the future and all this other amazing stuff. So it's a nice little flywheel. In that case, what we did was we had her sit on the ground and try to stand up, could not do it. Next visit, let's try it again. Next visit, let's try it again. And then she could feel herself evolve in terms of her movement and progression as we were going along. So in her mind, she's coming to an understanding of what we're doing with, you know, whether it's the manual therapy treatments that we were doing or any modalities that we're using or any other exercise. It was like, okay, I'm getting back to doing what I want to do. Right. Um, So love that. The how, where, and when. Talk with me how you would use, how you would apply that in this situation. Yeah. Well, you're just listing some hows, right? I'm sure you did some exercises. I'm sure you just mentioned manual therapy. You did some stuff. Yep. Again, I think we skipped to that. I've got the new percussion thing. They are great. You're not downing them. But that's how. You kept focusing on, you, you, you physically embodied the why by putting her in the position that she told you in her story was essentially why she was coming in. So the how, I'm sure, in the story were the things you just mentioned. You kept bringing up the how are we going to go from where I am to where I want to go? Well, we're going to do some stuff. What stuff? I got it. Don't worry. I'm going to keep track. You you come to me. I'm going to show you some stuff here. I'm going to give you stuff to take home, I'm guessing. The where, that's with me and at home. The when, here's your frequency. Like a lot of stuff in communications can be brought broken down to the that. Remember that fit principle we learned in PT school, right? frequency, intensity, and time and type, that's communications. How often? Let's look at email lists. How often? Intensity. What's your message? What's your vibe? Time. What time of day? Type. Is it an educational? Is it informational? Is it is it, infor- is it a, a entertainment? So a lot of these things, the communication principles, once I started learning PT stuff, I was like, oh, this is communication stuff. It was amazing to me, the parallels. Because we're dealing with humans. If we we're just dealing with like widgets, I wouldn't have a job. Like there's no pot, you know, there's no, you don't understand uh, a widget's emotions, right? But that's the, that's the difficult, um, and, but the rewarding part of humans and necessity. Love, love it. I have a, before we wrap up here, yeah. um, I have a couple questions left for you, Jimmy. How can people learn more about you or yeah. follow the uh, PT Pinecast? Yeah. Where do they need to? So, I mean, like I, you know, I told you the origin story and essentially I, uh, uh, you know, th- this is 2015 when like. There were no podcasts, right? So telling someone you had a podcast was not a way to get people to think you were cool. It still isn't, right? I mean, it's like, oh, I have geeky conversations with people who also want to geek out. 
So I called it Pintcast because I was like, I really wanted people, we had, you know, we have a beer or whatever after, you know, we each, I wanted people to understand the difference between what I did and what other people did without having to tell them. So we called it PT because I was like, that's what we call our profession. We're PTs. It's a PT profession. We are going to have conversations, not presentations. I met that guy at a conference. He was given a presentation, didn't understand anything he said because he was a presenter. Two hours later, we're in the bar conversation. What was the difference? Well, we had a beer in our hand. That's some, sh- that's the sticky part of it. Really, it was, he was trying to, he was trying to have a conversation. Our brains are wired for conversation, right? So, uh, so we call it PT pint cast and cast cause it's a podcast. So we, you know, I was lucky enough to jump in on all the social channels and the website and get the domain name and stuff like that. So that's a long winded way of saying everywhere you look, it's at PT Pinecast. Great. So all the meta platforms, Twitter, yeah, yeah. LinkedIn, everywhere. We can go onto our oh, my Apple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Apple, yep. Awesome. So uh, thank you for that. One <laughs> curious question about podcasts. Yeah. We had a, uh, so I forget where I heard this data, but uh, I think 2021, there was this huge spike in people launching podcasts. If you take a look at those new podcasts that first produced an episode in 2021, I think that only 10% recorded one episode right. in 2022. Um, so first of all, thank you. I admire what you're doing, the longevity that you have, the consistency is key. So thank you for everything you're doing there and what you're doing for our industry. Any reason for th- this year, we've, we, our weekly downloads have tripled. Okay. Um, like in the last two months over anything else that we saw in 2022, any reason for that? I mean, I would go, this would be like an evaluation. What have you done? What have you done? You said in the last how many months? Three months? Two months, 60 days. I would say, what have you done in the last 12 months differently? Because what mm-hmm. you reap, what you reap, what you sow. Um, Cause there's a lot of, now we can get like geeky on podcasting. Cause how do people find you, right? You just mentioned me, maybe one person from this recording then finds me. But really, how do we find anything? Well, word of mouth, right? So love that. That's why I do a lot of you know stuff at CSM or I'll do stuff at PT schools. Um, but it's also that, and this goes for your clinic too, it goes to the guy hooking up your website, right? What are you mm-hmm. talking about? What words are you putting out into the world? People love to blame the algorithm when it doesn't work for them. And then their geniuses, when something spikes, they're like, I don't know what it was, but I must be a genius. Uh, so that's why I like to say, like, what are you doing in the background the last 12 months because someone found it or it's or or it's spiked? Um, yeah. But I mean, like, also, like, I was teaching someone about podcasting and just created content. And uh, I'm not a lobster fisherman, even though I'm wearing a cable knit sweater right now. But the way you should look about content, no matter what it is, is you're laying lobster traps, right? A lobster boat. And again, for the lobster fishermen in the, in the audience, my apologies on sim- simplifying <laughs> You, you drive in one direction and then you drop pods and there's, you know, that's how you catch them, but it's, they're in a line, right? Well, that's really what you're doing from when you're creating content. So like I interviewed Sharon Dunn in 2015 when I was a PT student. If I look at the data, I'm still getting downloads from that. Like, I don't know why, but somebody did something and found that thing because it's a little lobster pod somewhere on the internet way back in 2015. And then they find that and they go, ha, huh, that's kind of cool. What's this dude up to? And then it's the Netflix and chill model. Well, now I'm going to download what I'm do a Chad. I'm going to download the last six episodes and see what's up. So you'll see, I'm guessing, when you drop an episode, there's a spike and a long tail, not just yeah, for that episode, yeah. but for your show. So then you go frequency, intensity, time, and type. Well, I don't want to drop an episode on Monday and then Tuesday because 
my Tuesday episode is stepping on my tail for Monday. So, but that's all about your audience, right? Like, so should you podcast every day? Like, I don't know. Do you have something good to say every day? No, once a week. Great, do that. Yeah, I, I have a friend that, uh, Nathan Lotka. Um, oh, what is the name of his? He does a 15 minute episode, but he records them in all in one day. Oh yeah, yeah. like one Actually. day. Yep. Oh, uh, wild. But he, he releases a new episode every single day. And I was just like, man, that's great. I'm never going to do that. Not the energy. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, there's energy, but do you have the content? Yes. Is your is your audience thirsty for it right now? Maybe, maybe not. But they don't have to. I used to work in live radio. I don't anymore. So this is like on demand. So yeah. you can batch create content. It's a great way to do it if you got the juice. Great. Uh, favorite IPA sloop brewing. Yeah. What is it? Uh, juice bomb IPA. Juice bomb. Yeah, yeah, it's real fruity. What, what is that? It's just, it's like a, it's like an orangey IPA. Um, I've been made fun of before by listeners online because I, you know, I'll have a beer with every episode. I try to have a different beer with a lot of different episodes. It's just a juicy IPA. I do like fruity beers. I'm a fruity beer guy. Nice. And I, I'm not ashamed of it. I say let <laughs> fruity beer flag fly. Where is uh, Sloop Brewing? Oh, right down the street here, Fishkill. So like uh, oh, our old city where I live. Yeah. In oh, sweet. Yeah. Uh, favorite episode all time when yeah. your, your podcast. So if you, I could tell the story in 90 seconds. I was a third year PT student and didn't know where I fit. Everywhere I went in my clinicals, I liked it, but I didn't love anything. And I, I was doing the podcast already. Third year in PT school, Marymount University sends you on a mission trip. We go to Costa Rica. I work in an orphanage for two weeks. Worked with a kid for two weeks named Hayner who had uh, uh, muscular dystrophy. And we can do some great things in positioning from what we don't cure muscular dystrophy. Of course, if you know the disease, you hate the disease as much as I do. He was the reason I didn't leave PT. And here's why I left the orphanage, cried my eyes out because I left him no better than I found him. Well, I've never said this before. Look at that parallel. He was at a point I could not get him to the next, to, to something else, right? Sweetest kid, happiest kid just wanted to be. And I left there and the podcast had had a year's worth of success. I decided I wanted to do something to change his minute to minute existence. I was going to be able to do something for him. And I was at, and so I grabbed a microphone and we raised $30,000 in 66 days. And this is like, yeah, I was a second year, uh, third year PT student. So we bought him a permobile like Cadillac of power wheelchairs. And this is a kid in an orphanage in Costa Rica. He wasn't, he had, he wasn't getting a, a new Tilton space chair. There was nothing for him. So the university, when we did this, the university PR department jumps on it. The university flies me to Costa Rica to deliver the chair, teaches caregivers how to use it, make sure it gets there. Cause like sometimes you get caught in customs and you don't have the proper paperwork to get things through uh, in a place like Costa Rica. So, so I was able to give him that chair and feel like I made a difference. And that's when I saw the Venn diagram of Jimmy McKay like, oh gosh, could I use this microphone or this former career in a new way to teach people or just talk to people and unlock some, you know, things from people? And is that enough value to make a career on? I've been doing it since then. So episode 70, I believe if you, I, I should re-release that once a year because he taught me, if you've been on a mission trip, you know this, and it sounds like a cliche, but you get more than you give no matter how much you give on a mission or anything like donate like if you go there you get i mean i did anyway got more than i gave 
So he kept me in the profession because otherwise I was like, I don't know where I fit. I'm confused. I'm just going to go. I feel uncomfortable. I don't feel good at anything. I don't love, I like everything, but I don't love anything. Um, and he taught me that you can, you can f- create your own thing, like create your own thing. Awesome story there. Episode 70. We'll find that and post the, the link, yeah. uh, in the show notes here for everybody. Uh, Jimmy covered so much here. I talk about uh, th- make sure if you're listening to this right now, you check out uh, PT Pine, uh, PT, <laughs> I said podcast, mm-hmm. PT Pinecast. Uh, check out uh, Jimmy McKay on all the social media at PT Pinecast. Make sure you check that out. Jimmy, thank you again for doing this and everything you're doing in the industry. This is great. Hey, podcast listeners. When we make assumptions about others, it's just not fair. In spite of that, I'm going to make an assumption about you. You have a growth mindset. You want to help more people, leave a bigger impact, build a better practice. Am I close? If I'm right, then I have a unique offer that I think you'll be interested in. But first, if you're a regular listener, you probably know that this is brought to you by Breakthrough, the leading platform for private practice growth. Breakthrough's mission is to help people in pain get back to normal, live healthier, and do it naturally. The best way to do this is by empowering private practice owners like you to grow your business through direct-to-consumer marketing. If you're a practice owner with a growth mindset, you'd benefit from a risk-free consultation with a Breakthrough growth expert. Go to getbreakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer to take advantage of this unique opportunity. On that call, you'll learn the key principles of how practice owners are helping more people, creating a bigger impact, and building better businesses with Breakthrough Systems. As an added bonus, the team at Breakthrough is giving a $50 Amazon gift card to any of the podcast listeners who attend this growth consultation. Sign up for your growth consultation and $50 gift card at getbreakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer. Again, that's getbreakthrough.com forward slash podcast offer. Remember to visit getbreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.